0: If I know one thing, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. Lime and tequila,
1: it all gets fed with one. Welcome Pewter Report readers and listeners to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John ledyard from pewterreport.com. Along with me today, the one and only Mark Cook, also from PeterReport.com. We got a fun show lined up today, Mark. I mean, we've got uh, the Peter Report podcast. First of all, we just announced new additions to the PeterReport.com staff. If you want to see more about that, you can head on over to Twitter and see some of those guys. But J.C. Allen is going to be joining us. He's going to be taking over. Uh, for taylor jenkins coming over from bucks report to join us here peter report taking over for taylor jenkins he's going to be the new uh, one of our new bucks beat writers and then we've got a couple guys contributing as well paul atwall who was on the show last thursday if you were on there talking x's and o's talking about what changed for the bucks after the bye week he's going to be coming on board with us as well so we're extremely excited about that and then jack barrett who you've seen probably in the comments you'll probably see in the comments maybe today even Uh, analytical genius got some stats he's cooking up for us some charting he's going to be doing a lot of work to give us better data and better numbers to be able to produce better content for you Bucks fans so we're thrilled about that we're even more thrilled about our guests on today's podcast Mark Uh, I don't know if people know this but we've got uh, one of the longest standing Bucks that's on the (laughs) roster currently and the longest standing quarterback in Bucks history about to come on the show with us today your thoughts this is a man you know very well Mark
2: yeah my main man and I say my main man that's not true he's not my main man but I like him better than um than Blaine Gabbard I'm just gonna be honest with you Ryan Griffin is gonna be our guest and uh we're waiting for Ryan to join us he should be joining us momentarily and uh but 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 uh Ryan Griffin will be joining us to talk a little bit uh talk a little uh football and um of course he was Tom Brady's wingman during that boat parade not that he hasn't been asked about that a thousand times we're gonna ask you think he's Uh, gonna Ryan can you hear us Yeah, I can hear you guys. We had a boat parade. Yeah, yeah, there was a boat parade. (laughs) Ryan, why can't we see you? Because, you know, I I, I don't always, I don't like to be the most handsome guy on the podcast. So that's why I was hoping you were going to be on with a video feature because, uh, you know, you're, you're a pretty decent looking guy.
0: No, no, no. I, I I, want you to get all the shine this time, Mark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all the shine. Yeah, well, okay. Mark, well, well, if you
1: there. notice, Ryan, you could see us, obviously, and you could see Marcus trying his best to imitate Bruce Arians' look, your head coach, uh, donning the hat. I'm surprised you didn't wear the Bruce Arians shirt today, Mark, but well, been what been to I did, pull off a Bruce Arians look no, for a no, while. But what Mark, I did, did I, you shave your head? Are you bald? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it's 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 all still here it's not a mess. fully committed huh yeah yeah no not not yet but it, that's coming and uh, the only reason i don't have just the goatee like bruce is because of the silly lightning ridiculous playoff thing i jokingly said on twitter the other day i was going to shave my beard this show that, that, that there was there was total nonsense the superstition and people went crazy so, so i didn't want to be uh you know burned at the stake so i left the beard but uh when this is over i'm going to do the whole goatee like bruce as well but the reason i'm wearing this shirt instead of my bruce arian shirt is just for you ryan it's my santa monica oh, regal beagle shirt I now it. i don't know if you've even seen Three's company i mean you're an la guy the show was set in santa monica you were born in santa monica grew up in southern california let's be honest have you ever even seen the tv show Three's company because john has no idea what we're talking about right no now. no clue
0: yeah, I don't know how old John is, but I also haven't seen it. Sorry, Mark.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, we are like the same age, Ryan, yeah. actually. And by the way, nice to meet you, actually. I've been covering the team for almost two years now and haven't actually physically met any Buccaneers players because of COVID. So nice to virtually meet you right now. You too. So yeah, sorry,
0: I don't have my camera on. I'm just letting Mark do his thing. Uh, yeah. don't
1: worry about it not not a big deal at all the important thing is that we can hear from you I, I the first thing i wanted to ask you about was i'm not sure if you probably are been have been made aware of this at some point maybe mark's even told you but you're about to be heading into year seven here in Ta- with tampa bay with the bucks the longest tenure bucks quarterback ever can you wrap your mind around that
0: uh i mean it is very surprising it just feels like yesterday that i got here but i guess time does fly um <laughs> You know, obviously, I would love to have started every game that I've been here, but it hasn't gone that way either. But I'm still fortunate, nonetheless, to be a part of this franchise. And it was was just that bit sweeter for me, for us winning the Super Bowl, just to see how everyone's grown and see how our teams come together over the years.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you actually have, although you mentioned you haven't necessarily played as much as you'd probably like to, but you have had probably as big a part in that cultural build as anybody and you've had the front row seat to kind of see how all that's happened so i'm excited to get your thoughts and your insight on kind of how this happened with the bucks and how this process changed uh, to this team becoming a super bowl champion but first got to shout out and make sure we mention our friends over at celsius Celsius celsius.com to check out the best energy drink in existence man the tropical vibe is the new one i have been drinking it i think on almost every show this is the sparkling starfruit pineapple edition, no sugar, essential energy, accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. These things are a cheat code. We are pumped and excited as always to have them as the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. They have made a world of difference for me and my workout routines. Uh, And I, so I am, uh, I'm excited for y'all to start trying the tropical vibe as it comes out just released recently. So go over to Celsius.com or go over to PeterReport.com and click those banner ads. Uh, to get a feel for uh what kind of celsius flavors are out there that might pique your interest.
0: You can also go to Scotty Miller's uh Instagram because he's <laughs> he does advertising for them. So has he hooked you there, up
1: with any free Celsius yet?
0: Uh yeah, he's got a Celsius fridge at his house actually. So you, nice. just, you know however much Put you, you want there, he's got right, it. Yeah. 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 that's pretty
1: awesome i mean he was on our, the show with us we were over at the mill down in tampa and he was on the show with us and he was actually we were drinking celsius from the show and we had the bunch of celsius people out there at the event it was a great time but yeah he he's like a huge celsius fan some people oh, just yeah. do it for the advertising but he loves it no he loves it it's right up his alley that's funny well you and mark i know go back uh, a ways ryan uh, you might remember uh <laughs> this <laughs> can you this see ryan
2: throat. do you see the screen oh, yeah, or are we no, just i, I, I
0: yeah. can see your beautiful chef's
2: costume you, you know you know ryan you got me in so much trouble in this episode by the way first of all thank you for doing this you were the second guest now i would have had you first but i didn't know how the show was going to go i never i didn't know if we were going to make it to the second show of what's uh-huh. cooking yeah. who's, and who's uh so we first had choice alan cross so we didn't yeah. You know if, if that would have been a total bomb we would have just canceled it no big deal but i didn't want to ruin it if it was you as the first guest so you were the second guest but you tried to sneak me into the cafeteria and actually gave me a fake mustache. Well, that's not true. I had the fake mustache in my pocket. But you thought that it would work, that you could actually sneak me in the team cafeteria. And uh, and I was actually kicked out of the team cafeteria. But people, if they haven't seen that episode of What's Cooking, I don't know why they haven't. Uh, it's on our Pew Report YouTube channel. All of them are on there for two seasons. And uh, it was really a fun show, man. You you were a good sport, played along. Almost, almost got me into the kitchen. Also, almost got me fired and revoked from the building. But anyway, we had a good time anyway. But thanks right, for co- doing that. COVID by the way. did that. Yeah. COVID kicked you out. Finally, <laughs> COVID kicked me out. Let, let's talk about that real quick, Ryan. How crazy, again, you've been in the National Football League since 2013. You probably, like everybody else, when COVID comes along, you think to yourself, okay, how serious is this going to be? Um, you probably had no idea that it was going to lead to. The worldwide pandemic that it became, but how difficult was it for a football team not only to just be able to to manage to play, to stay fairly healthy over the course of a year, but to win a Super Bowl during a pandemic? I mean, just talk about the the dynamics of a covid year and and and, and what it meant for your football team last year. Yeah,
0: it was uh, definitely a different year. no one's experienced that before. i I think we you know did a obviously a pretty good job of navigating. Um, you know, coming together as a team, but also staying separate and getting work done, um, and trying not to get anybody sick. But then once the season started, you know, we were just so, so committed. Um, unlike your Bruce Arians outfit, you know, we shaved our heads. We were all in on, on the year <laughs> and not getting each other sick. And we did a really great job of, you know, no one really got it during the season, um, and that helped us. You know, that helped us because we needed. Every week, you know, it was it was like a preseason game to start the season, you know, like we needed those reps early on because we had new players and obviously with Tom, a new quarterback. And so that's why once we hit our stride towards the end of the season with that four game stretch, uh, I really thought we were going to have a chance to win it all because we had the confidence and we'd been building the whole year. And uh, we did a great job of believing in each other and believing in ourselves
1: specifically, what did that look like? Like you talk about the differences of being away from each other for certain portions of the week. How was that different than normal season? Like, was there just, did you, I mean, I know you guys were, I don't think you were supposed to eat meals together, things like that. Like how strict were the protocols within the building in terms of what you guys were allowed to do compared to a normal schedule?
0: Yeah, we weren't eating meals. I mean, typically during a normal season, we try and get together every Thursday night, you know, the quarterbacks running back Mm O-line and have dinner. So there's none of that um you're typically doing something friday night saturday everyone you know we fly together we Mm -hmm. eat together eat snack together go out to dinner together if it's a road game and so none of that was happening you know we had two separate planes there was all this stuff going on um the one thing about our team though is so many of the guys have been there for so long there's such a good rapport with each other that we all trust each other and and know each other so well but like i was saying there's still you know, Gronk and Tom and AB, and it, it just takes a little while to get some guys caught up to speed. And so um, it's tough to do with COVID. And, um, but we were able to figure it out.
1: Let's, was, let's was, talk, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Mark. No, go ahead. Yeah. I,
2: I want to uh, hear you. No, I, w- I was going to change the subject. If you've got a follow-up to the COVID well, thing, I just ahead.
1: I was curious just the whole process of getting Tom Brady on board. I mean, you've been around obviously for a while, Ryan, but here comes Tom Brady who's obviously played as long as he's played and done all the things that he's done. And he's coming onto an organization where he's got to learn things, not from the ground up because obviously he's carrying some knowledge with him, but it's still very different, Term- different terminology, different system, different play calls, all of that. And so you're almost immediately in a situation as you know the, the longest tenure Bucks quarterback ever to, to basically kind of take Tom Brady under the wing in some ways. I just wonder what that was like for you. How Was that going through your mind as you were kind of showing him different things and how did that process play out?
0: Yeah, you know, I was begrudgingly put Tom and took Tom under my wing. Obviously, <laughs> I did a pretty good job, so no big deal. <laughs> um, no, but it, I mean, kudos to him. Uh, he, he came in and was... You know, like he was help me he's helped me out. He just kept asking for help, asking how we do things, how do we do protections? who do we call Mike? And I mean, to for somebody that's that big of a star to be so humble to ask for our help and ask you know how we do things and really really try and learn our system. And then obviously, there's a few tweaks, you know, there's things that he likes, things that he brought over from New England, but for the most part, I mean, he came in and said, all right, show me tell me how to do this like hmm. and uh i think it, it paid off because there were so many guys that were so used to the system and terminology and each other that he was able to you know you know be that one piece that we just had to bring along you know he just had to bring
2: along tom did uh, you feel like oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say did did um how was he as a person compared to what maybe you thought before he entered that building? I don't know if you'd even had the opportunity to meet Tom. I know you're both from California, but different parts, but um, how different was he? Was there a, a, a misconception or an idea that you had of Tom Brady before he arrived in that building? And, and, and did it change your mind once you met him first, uh, first hand?
0: You know, there was, I didn't really have, I, we practiced against him when I was with the saints in the preseason. So I, I mean, I met him briefly and, and, And just talking with him seemed like a really normal guy. And so um, that was kind of what I was expecting. And he came in and, I mean, he really, not that he had to do a lot, but he really won over the guys in the locker room with just how, you know, normal and humble he is and just talking to everyone and engaging with everybody. And so he didn't feel like he was any different, you know. And that was probably the biggest thing is he was just another guy in the locker room and he was working really hard just like everybody else, if not harder, because he had to, you know,
1: learn the system. Right. Um, so I think that, that definitely won over the guys. Do, do you think now you've been a you were part of the game planning process every week still? Like you're obviously preparing it for it, like you're going to be able to have to play too in case something happened. And so you're going into it, you're looking at the offense, you're seeing things, and you're seeing that them kind of, yeah, there were bumps on the road in the middle of the season. And then coming out of the bye week, it was just like boom. And it wasn't necessarily catch fire right away on the first drive against Minnesota or whatever, but certainly it built up that way as the regular season ended into the playoffs. You win eight straight, you win a Super Bowl. But I am curious, you mentioned some some things coming over from from New England, things that he did and him trying to learn your system. Did you witness in those game planning processes, like was there at some point, okay, now we're taking concepts that maybe Brady did a little bit more and we're putting them into the offense or we're taking some of the things that Brady knows and maybe is out of the bye week or whenever it was. Did you notice that happening where some things that Brady had done in New England were being added to what you guys did in Tampa Bay and to what Bruce Arians and Byron had had taught you all in Tampa Bay to kind of grow the playbook a little bit?
0: I wouldn't say there was a big difference. I mean, we had just we had been working on it all year, and mm-hmm. the, the only thing is that you only get so many reps, so many practices, and so coming out of the bye week, I, there wasn't a a big change. It was more of of just another step of getting to to know each other and and figure out what Tom likes, what um, BA likes, what Byron likes, and you know the big thing is the games that we lost leading up to that bye was you know they're tough games and they're. They're tough defenses, and so um, we're able to, to really learn from that, and that's, that's really what you have to do in the NFL is, all right, you, you take your lump, you lose, but all right, what can we do next time if we do face them or if we face a defense that's similar that we, that we like? And so here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's why this worked. Here's why this didn't work, and there's just great dialogue all year, um, especially with the game planning process, and that's
2: really what helped us moving forward. Ryan, when we're going to get off Tom Brady because this is the Ryan Griffin show, not the Tom Brady <laughs> show. But, but you know, this really gives us some really good insight. Again, not being able to be in the building and, and really talk to you guys on a personal level. But I did have one question. What what would you say is the one thing about Tom Brady that's made him the greatest quarterback that's ever played in this league? I mean, if you want to look at leadership, just as his his athletic ability, his skill, What what's the one thing that you would say has put him ahead of other quarterbacks? Uh, that are close to him, but it's kind of pushed him ahead. What's the one specific thing, if you can point your finger um, at one? I mean, that's a good question. He's very – I mean,
0: he's an accurate quarterback. He's he's smart. I think one thing that has kind of set him apart – you know, and it kind of reminds me of when I was in New Orleans with Drew is they are both just mentally tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Adversity strikes, and these guys are super calm and know exactly what they need to do and trust all the training that they've done and all the hard work and their preparation. I mean, the preparation that Tom puts in going into a game was just like what Drew had put in. And that's, and that's what I thought was fascinating was, it was almost like I went back to uh, my times in New Orleans with, you know, what we were going over uh, during the week leading up to the game and how we were watching film and preparing. Um, and so I think those – his preparation and mental toughness is probably where he's uh, he set himself apart.
1: And he came over to Tampa Bay, obviously, and you mentioned him having to learn new things. And another relationship he had to forge kind of out of, out of the middle of nowhere was, was Byron Leftwich, and they had to get on the mm-hmm. same page, those two. And we had Bruce Arians on the podcast a few uh, – to what, probably two months ago, maybe now, and, and he – one of the things he emphasized to us was how much credit the Bucks offense – needs to like be or Byron Luffwich needs to get for the Bucks offense and what happened this past season you had been there to kind of see Byron Luffwich in his first season and then this past season and see him kind of grow and develop and see maybe what Arians has told us is that he kind of continued to give Byron more responsibility in terms of running the offense were you able to witness that and that, and that growth of Byron Leftwich firsthand uh given your role last season uh Byron does so much for offense like i cannot
0: begin to tell you how much he works Mm -hmm. his butt off and he is doing everything um i i think he's going to be a great head coach i'm surprised that he wasn't really in consideration um after this year it didn't seem like at least to me Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think he's going to be a phenomenal head coach the guy knows football, but he really knows the players in the locker room. He's got a great feel for the guys, and the guys really respect him. So I, I think he's going to be a great head coach, and I, I would be surprised if he's not after next year. Ryan,
2: there's a there's a lot of coaches that have been successful in the NFL that weren't NFL quarterbacks. I mean, Bruce Arians wasn't an NFL quarterback. Bill Belichick wasn't an NFL quarterback. Um, but But how much does that help a guy – uh, be a better coach when you can say, "Hey, I I played eight, nine, ten years in the league, and not even in a backup role." I mean, Byron Leftwich played an AFC Championship game. I mean, he's been in mm-hmm. playoff games and high pressure situations. How much does that make him a better coach overall than than maybe some some guys who who haven't experienced uh, what what Byron experienced in the league? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you, you have to have played to be a good coach,
0: but I would say it definitely helps in terms of relating to players and asking players to do something because, you know, he'll he'll tell you, he's like, look, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I would have never have done or, you know, a, a, a pass that I don't – I would never have attempted when I was a quarterback. Um, And so there's there's a lot that goes into it with former players that are coaches and especially a quarterback that – um kind of understands the offense and all the guys and and you know what it means to bring guys together and so I I think it it helps a ton
1: well it's interesting because there are so many layers to all of this obviously as you're training and as you're getting ready and as you're forging relationships and then you throw in the wrinkles of COVID and everything like that but you're somebody who's also been around when this team was it felt like the Super Bowl was a distant dream just having a winning record, just making the playoffs, those kind of things, you know, seem to be goals uh, during that time, maybe early in your Bucks tenure, 2015, 2016, and onward. What was, uh, <laughs> since Bruce Arians has come on board, did you notice it right away? Like, did you sense a difference? You've been here with a couple coaches. Did you sense the difference right away when this new regime came in? Or was it really this past year, you're in the middle of the season, you're winning and you're realizing, okay, like this might be a, a team that can be special. At what point did that start to, Oh, this is, this is different, different. Now, when did that click in for you?
0: I mean, call me crazy, but I've always thought our team was super talented and had, We, I really thought we had the ability to go deep in the playoffs um, for the past couple of years. You know, I, I got here in 15. I don't, I wouldn't, I'd be lying to you if I said that was true then, but you know, towards later years we had, yeah. we had the players. Um, and I, the thing about our locker room is we got all these guys that are superstars, but don't, Don't think of themselves as superstars, and they don't act like superstars. And Levante and Mike are some of the best players of their position in the league, but they're the most humble. Uh, Will call anybody on the team, help anybody out. Will work just as hard as anybody else. And you know, when you got guys like that, they're just. It's everyone looks at him like, all right, you should be being like, you know, this jerk that everyone thinks superstars are, but they bring the whole locker room together. And so we've always believed in each other and had such a great team. Um, But I will say whenever we signed Tom, that was like the first time you could really tell guys were like, all right, we we need to win the Super Bowl. Like we we are like and that and I think that was the biggest change was like that belief of like, all right, we have Tom Brady. And he wins the Super Bowl every other year, it seems like. And so, like, all right, we got to get it done. And so there was, just by signing him, you know, that accountability
2: factor that changed just a little bit. And that obviously made a big difference. Is that the difference between um, a, 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 a decent football team, a 7-9 and nine team like you were part of for a couple of years uh, over your, your career here, and, and a Super Bowl-winning team is the difference, the believing that you're going to do it versus, well, maybe we can. Is that and so when Tom got here, it became more of the we can do this or we're going to do this as opposed. Is is it a mentality thing? Because you said the talent, you've had talent on this football team to be able to go deep in the playoffs, but was that was that the difference? The the main factor. The difference was like we always believed, but there was
0: like it would you know as soon as a little bit of adversity or doubt, you know, you like that mm-hmm. would creep in. But this last year is like, all right, we believe in, like, even though we've lost a few games, we still fully are all in that we believe that we can win a Super Bowl. And so I think that's just – that's the main difference is, you know, that adversity didn't cause as much doubt as it did in the past.
1: Many people – you talk about adversity. Many people have talked to us and and when they've spoken to the – they've mentioned a few times that that Bears game in week five, you know, you guys lost that game. It was – you had a bunch of injuries going into it. Your uh, Chris Godwin didn't play. Mike Evans was like hobbling around. And <laughs> Bruce Aarons has said he never should have played. Scott, he wasn't 100%. You know, it was just a bunch of different things. Going to that game, and it felt like you were the better team. Didn't finish on the top end of the scoreboard. Felt like, you know, it was like bucks beating bucks again. And But a lot of players and coaches have said that something changed after that game. I know there were things said. What was your experience with the team after that game? And did that contribute to your feeling of, wow, this is different than in years past?
0: Well, I mean... The thing was, is so after that game, I remember talking with Levante because, you know, we always talk, kind of recap offense, defense, and what mm-hmm. what went wrong, what went right. And he was like, just asking, all right, what's going on with the offense? And I was like, look, we, it's just what, week five or whatever it was. Um, we're still getting to know each other. Like, we'll be fine. Trust me. Like, we'll mm-hmm. be fine. We're figuring it out, but we'll hit our stride. And I, I, and I knew it 100%. I just knew we needed a little time. And luckily, you know, the NFL is different than college. You can lose a couple games and still be okay. And so Mm -hmm. I knew we just had to get into the playoffs, and I was really eyeballing those last four games just as teams
1: that uh, were favorable matchups for us, and we could build that confidence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah that's a big part of it I feel like getting to that stretch I mean even like I said coming out against Minnesota there was a couple frustrating drives at the beginning of that game then all of a sudden Tom hits Scotty for that 48 yard touchdown and you're off and running the defense you know holds them out of the end zone like in brilliant fashion throughout that game and then the next couple weeks is just the offense you know that. Halftime against Atlanta, it just felt like things just took off at that point. Do you remember if something was said at halftime of that game? I mean, what you're down, I think seventeen nothing, maybe at that point, and then come back and score thirty-one. I think it was second half points, and from that point, it just looked like a totally different team the rest of the way. It was. You remember that game at halftime, the feeling, and maybe what changed things at that point?
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember that halftime really well. It was basically what I was saying the whole year was like. Is it was just like, all right, everybody relax, like. All right, little adversity and we're going to be fine. Like we're going to come out and guys are going to make plays and we know the defense is going to get stopped. So once we just score once or twice like it'll just the momentum will build and we'll be fine. And that's that's what it was. And everybody believed that, you know, and that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like we all knew we were going to be okay. We just had to take the lumps and keep going and moving forward and I thought we did a
1: great job. But still, you go into that Saints game and I mean, just the way that you'd been there, you'd been obviously New Orleans, you'd seen the, the dynamic of the relationship from both sides between the two teams, you know, psychologically, there had to be some warfare there, right? With how much the Saints had kind of been able to dominate you guys and then had done it twice in the regular season to be able to clear that hurdle had to be like some type of mental relief after that, right?
0: Yeah, once we stopped kicking to uh, that punt returner, we thought we were
1: going to be okay. I was
0: like, can we just not kick it to him and then just let our offense play and our defense play? Because that guy was that guy's good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was we had talked about it last shoot. The last four times we've played uh, New Orleans, they've just gotten on such a big lead on us, and um, you know, it was like, all right, if we can just get them to play like a normal f- game for four quarters, and then Lo and behold, we take the lead. And it's just it's just whenever you're a good team and you have the lead, you know how to how to take control because it's so hard for a team to come back on you. And so we did a great job. It's just like they had done on us the previous four times we played them. Um, but yeah, it really helped getting the lead on them and kind of getting them out of their element and make them throw the ball more than they
2: wanted to. Ryan, um you you um you didn't have to show up for the OTAs, right? A lot of the veteran guys did their own thing. And uh, I don't know if you participated in some of those off the field OTAs with the guys, but but you were there um, and you were there with a guy named Kyle Trask. And was that the main reason you showed up? Because, I mean, number one, you needed another arm during those OTAs, but also, um, you know, to be able to provide a guy like Kyle Trask some veteran presence and and help him out and essentially be another coach on the field. Talk about your decision to uh, to, to be out at one Buccaneer place and, and to be one of the two quarterbacks out there.
0: Yeah, I, I was doing I was doing a little bit of both and uh working with the vets and then Tom basically had talked to me about it and BA had called and basically they need another arm and a veteran to go in there and kinda of help him out and so I had no problem with doing it, you know. Um and it was good to get in there and work with them and and, and help him out. I think he's gonna be a a good player. He's got a good arm, he's accurate, uh seems like he's pretty smart, so uh it was it was good to to be around a young guy. You know, I haven't been around a rookie like that since Jameis. So it was uh it was good to get in there and I, I really like him. I think he's he's smart and he's 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 not trying to talk too much as a rookie. Um and he's sitting back and learning and uh you can see the physical tools are there.
2: How how difficult is that though? I mean, look when when, when you're the second or third guy on a roster and the team drafts a guy in the second round I mean they're basically saying, you know, hey, w- this guy may be your replacement one day. How difficult is it to be that unselfish? To go in there and try and help a guy out that's that's essentially trying to win your roster spot.
0: Yeah, I got some good advice from some veteran quarterbacks early in my day and um you know, I just learned that this is a business and you can either look at it as, you know, personal and take it personal and 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 it'll affect your day-to-day and and all that stuff where you can be a pro and understand the business side of it and so um you know like I said I'd love to be starting but I haven't gotten that opportunity and so I'm not gonna you know cry about it and I'm just gonna play the cards that are dealt and so we draft the guy and um you know it's pretty obvious if he's a second round pick um what's going on so I can either cry about it and and not show up or I can be there, help them out and and really help the team. And so, and that's, that's really what it's all about. And just trying to help the team and help this guy progress. So
1: another guy you've been able to help grow and see progress is Scotty Miller since he came into the league. And and you mentioned him with the, with the Celsius fridge earlier, but that energy man that he gets from Celsius really seemed to carry over onto the field this season, Uh, you know, but again, kind of like your situation guy that, probably wants to be starting told us he you know when he was on the podcast he'd love to be playing more but you know whatever the team needs comes first at the midseason point he's leading this team in receiving yards obviously mike evans wasn't 100 and chris godwin missed a handful of games but he was balling out i mean he was playing terrific football I think He had four games where he's over 73 yards receiving i mean he was making plays at all levels of the field look like a dynamic receiver and then you guys sign antonio brown and evans and godwin get healthy and all of a sudden You know, Scotty barely really plays in some games. That Minnesota game was his first game in a while that he in five weeks or so, that he'd done anything, catches a 48-yarder, goes back to not doing too much, and then all of a sudden the playoffs obviously makes his plays. But did he come to you and talk to you at any point? Was he just like, man, like, you know, I'm balling out to start the season, and all of a sudden I got, you know, potentially three future All-Famers in front of me on the wide receiver room. Was that a frustrating situation for him at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, Scott, he's definitely a guy that wants to be playing a lot and be getting the ball a lot and all these things. But, um, I mean, we talked about it and told him, I was like, look, you're you're in a, a great spot and, like, with how this team uses you and needs you, like, you, like yes, you want to do more, but just now is not the time, you know. And so you get, he's able to prioritize, you know, what, what comes first, and that's the team, right, especially not just right now, always the team, but um, in terms of his career, uh, he'll be fine. I think, I think Scott's going to play a long time. He's going to get a chance to be that guy. It's just that time's not right now. Um, but he was, he was a little banged up last year too. And he kind of mm-hmm. went through, like you talked about in, uh, Chicago. And so that, that little lull he had was, uh, it was definitely not a, a talent based thing. He was, He was a little banged up. So it was great to get him back. Full speed. And it was nice that we got a B because it gave him a little chance to rest. And then Scotty obviously was making huge plays for us when we needed him. So um, when he's at 100 percent, he's he's a game changer. And uh, just like he's proven to be. And he's somebody that everyone's got to watch out for now.
1: Now, you've been asked about Drunk Brady at the parade uh, probably more than any other question. (laughs) It's probably given you more opportunity to talk about stuff than anything football related, even uh, in recent years. But Scotty Miller is another guy that was feeling pretty good that day. And Chris Godwin (laughs) has said that Scotty dropped his phone in the water. Have you gotten to the bottom of that situation (laughs) talking to those guys or whatever happened on the boat that day?
0: Chris dropped his phone in the water, too. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So both of them were, yeah. Um, yeah, like I had my, my blanket comment on that day was it was a lot of fun and everyone had their fun
1: and had a couple and I would love to do it again. Yeah, (laughs) and you guys will be trying for that this season. Obviously, there is a ton on the table. One of the things that's been floated around, and I'm just curious if you've heard it and curious if there's been any conversation or talk about it, is the possibility of going undefeated It being one of the things Brady's obviously came close to doing, losing the Giants in that Super Bowl in a year that otherwise he was undefeated. Um, But I know that that's been bandied about. Some people have talked about it. If there's a roster that could do it, uh, it's certainly this one with the Bucks. Do you guys let that, conversation you know does that percolate at all does anything happen in that conversation or is that just outside noise that you guys try to block out
0: that one's pretty easy um you know we'd obviously love to go undefeated but everybody knows like you're just taking one game at a time you know and you gotta win that first game and then get the next one and every game's so different in the nfl and every team that you play has the ability to win because all the the rosters are pretty pretty similar with talent and so you know, if we were to do it, great. You know, and it's a 17-game season, so it's going to be one more game. Um, but it, it's just so hard to do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching Tom whenever they were going through that run and and they got to the Super Bowl and I really wanted them to win just because I thought it was so cool how well they'd play all year and they deserved it. Um, but, you know, sometimes you throw up a pass and it sticks to the back of a guy's helmet and they win the game, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's the NFL. And that's why the NFL is so great. Yeah. Um, and so if it happens, great, but um, that's something that that's pretty tough to do.
1: I think you bring up a great point though, because we, we love to talk about, Oh, this player is better than this. This team is better than this. And we just kind of rule out how much randomness there is to this game. Right. I mean, there's a lot oh, of things yeah. that happen in the span of a game that you can't predict or control and, just sometimes things don't break your way, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes a guy, you know, doinks two off the crossbar, and he usually
0: is is phenomenal. And so, <laughs> like, you just – you and that's the thing, is, is you'd love to win them all, but you really got to be mentally tough through the whole year to be like, all right, we lost one game. Like, it's not going to affect us next week. And those are right. the best teams that don't lose two in a row. And so, right. um, I would much rather be a team that doesn't lose two in a row next year um, than to say, oh, we're going to go undefeated, you know?
1: Right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get you out of here pretty soon, Ryan, but I wanted to ask you about this. Tom Brady's just playing in the match uh, yesterday with uh, Phil Mickelson, obviously going up against Bryson DeChambeau and uh, Aaron Rodgers, and it was fun for all of us to watch, but I'm curious if you got to see it at all and what your takeaways from Brady's golf game were.
0: I was ecstatic on the front nine. I'm just gonna say I was disappointed in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed. I thought yeah. I thought we had it. I was I was talking him up. He had been playing better and playing more. The the thing is, he didn't play at all before he played in that first match at all because he was yeah. working out with us. And he, I knew it was not going to go well. I <laughs> thought it was going to go a lot better. And it it started off great. I thought he was playing lights out. That drive yeah. he had on the short par four. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even short. He just had an amazing drive on the green. I I thought I was like, here we go. He's gonna show him up. But um, yeah, the other guys obviously played pretty well. Who's the best golfer on the box? I hear Ryan suck up. I uh, I haven't played against him, but actually I played with him once. But he was using my clubs, um, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It, it, use it used that. to be Humphrey's
2: though, for sure, right? Adam 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 was the guy for a while.
0: Adam was the guy. He. Uh, we didn't have a ton of golfers at that point though
2: on the team, but he was
0: the he was the guy. I'm right behind Adam, you know. Sometimes if I get lucky, I can I can beat Adam on an off day.
2: Um, wow, that's pretty but, impressive. Yeah. The, but the thing of, the difference between you two is Adam likes to show everybody on Instagram and social media how good he is. We don't ever see Ryan Griffin see, I showing in the off. Shadows. Yeah, I just, yeah.
0: <laughs> I hang out in the shadows, you know. And then every once in a while a picture goes viral.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I promised you we'd keep you uh, only thirty minutes, and I lied. It's thirty six. I I've got one more minute of your time, and we'll let you go. Do you have one more minute? I've got one minute for you, Mark. One minute. All right. And this is this is a very what's cooking thing we're going to do. We're going to do an eight movie format best football movies of all time, just like the NCAA tournament, but with only eight teams. Okay. You're going to tell me the best movie. All right. We're going to start with the first bracket: Blindside versus Rudy, which is the best movie. Rudy. Rudy, second bracket, Any Given Sunday, and uh, I can't read my handwriting, Invincible. Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday. All right. That's the one bracket there. The third bracket, uh, Remember the Titans or Brian's Song? Remember the Titans. Titans. I agree with that one. Friday Night Lights versus The Program in the fourth bracket. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Four for four in my opinion. All right, Rudy versus any given Sunday, any given Sunday, any given Sunday. Remember the Titans and Friday Night Lights. So these, this is tough because these three movies are my favorite
0: football movies. The one movie I felt like you missed out, and is a phenomenal movie. I used Little to Giants. Have. Well, that's a good one, but I used <laughs> to I used to wear a Falco shirt in the building. Oh yeah, the uh, replacements. Love the oh replacements. yeah, yeah. Um. But I, I'd take Remember the Titans and i would take Remember the Titans to win it all. It's just a that's just yeah. one that, that hits home, you know? Just such a good one. Yeah. Wow. It is I don't think movie. I would have
1: changed one answer about that bracket. And nice. I'm not necessarily like a chalk movie person, but I definitely yeah, remember the Titans. You didn't mention varsity blues either. Oh varsity blues is yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, that would have been up.
2: That one would have been up there as well. There's a lot to choose from for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, man, Ryan, I certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you're in California right now. You're going to be heading back to Tampa soon. What's the game plan?
0: Yeah, I uh, heard there was a hurricane over there, so I was just figured I would just. State of california false alarm no hurricanes yeah i saw it missed you guys
2: um, we barely survived it was you know a <laughs> little bit of rain in the 20 mile an hour gusts we survived though man well listen yeah. thanks again ron for doing this we certainly appreciate it man we can't wait to uh be back out at training camp and and hopefully have some interaction with you guys i'm sure you guys would rather us not but uh too bad we're gonna have some interaction with you this <laughs> year anyway man appreciate you thanks a lot ryan all
0: right i pr- uh, appreciate
1: you guys that's good stuff with Ryan. Uh, uh, I love the offbeat questions. You knew when we were getting Ryan on the show that we could ask that because you mentioned to me, you even said, like, he's just a funny dude. Like, let's yeah. ask him some stuff that's, you know, we could don't. Off I was actually going to ask him which Bucks player he would least like to date his sister. <laughs> because I've seen some videos. I, 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 I should have yeah. asked him, but we just didn't have quite have enough time. I had a list and it was like one of the few I didn't get to, but we'll yeah, ask, we'll ask him one. sometime at, at training camp or something. But, you know,
2: if 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 we survive this COVID and uh, and, and can get back in the building again and, and somehow we get approved for season three of What's Cooking, uh, that might be a good question for all of the guys. That's going to be my one of the questions this year if we were able to do a What's Cooking. I don't know if we're going to be able to. All depends right. on COVID and everything else, of course. But uh, if we do, that's a great idea, John. Which player yeah, that, would you I'm, least like to date your sister? Remember I I've the Vikings seen, did that, and Stefan yes, Diggs. That's everybody, I, everybody said they did not want Stefan Diggs. And he was like, everybody
1: pick me. Why? <laughs> he was like, I'm a great he guy. Like, he
2: was shocked. Yeah, exactly. Who would you say, though? Let's me and you pick. Uh, from of the, the well, Bucks? Yeah.
1: Oh, oh man. Um, I, don't even,
2: I feel bad because
1: I haven't even spent any time. I haven't been in the locker room one time because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, um, just from what I know, oh, man. A tough um, one. It's gotta be Antonio Brown, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gotta Antonio be Antonio Brown. <laughs> let's just get off that stuff. We're just gonna say it's Antonio <laughs> anyway, Brown. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about underdog fantasy. Yeah, underdog exactly. fantasy is one of the newest sponsors of the Peter Report podcast, and we are thrilled to be partners with them. They're the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes on underdog fantasy. You just draft. There's no need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries underdog handles it all for you. That's one of the best things about it. You just draft the best ball league and it takes your top scores from your team throughout the entire season. So you don't have to worry about all this management between all your schedule, everything going on with your schedule during the week. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, the Underdog Fantasy app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code Pewter, P E W T E R, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick, the website's user friendly. So do what I've been doing go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Use that promo code Pewter P-E-W-T-E-R to get that $25 in bonus cash for free. Pewter Report's gonna have some leagues going up with their own and we're gonna have news coming out about that in the coming weeks. So make sure you stay tuned for that the opportunity to join some leagues and, you know, do bat do fantasy football battle and maybe a little draft, maybe a little in-person drafting against uh, your favorite PeterReport.com staff members. So it should be some fun uh, coming up uh, with Underdog Fantasy. So we appreciate them and uh, are happy and thrilled that they're a part of the Peter Report podcast. Now, Mark, Brian had some great insight on things, obviously, but another topic is keep sieging its way into my mind uh, today uh, outside of Ryan Griffin's brilliant appearance. And it's the fact that ESPN released their top 10 linebacker rankings. Yeah, it's not ESPN's ranking. It was a ranking... From a survey they did of 50 players, coaches, executives, NFL personnel, people, they surveyed them, and they took the. They asked them who the who the to to rank the top 10 linebackers in the league. They did this, and at the end of that voting, there was a tie between three players: Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, and uh, Levante David. No. Devin White. Yes. And they said the tiebreaker, they went to more GMs and they asked him and the tiebreaker was won by Devin White because all the Bucks do is win. But Devin White was in this poll of, I don't know, it ended up being like 55 people from around the league. Devin White, people think is going to be the best linebacker in the NFL for this upcoming season. Incredible projection given where we were at even at midseason with Devin White last season where I think between all of us, we had no doubt that he was going to figure it out, but he certainly wasn't playing like the, the best linebacker in the league. Personal theory is that a lot of these executives and people have seen the playoff games probably more than they saw him play at all during the year, and in the playoff games, he probably looked like the best linebacker in the league. He was unbelievable. And projecting for the guys all the talent in the world. Devin White at number one, Levante David at number five on that list, the Bucks and probably one of the thinnest position groups in the league is linebacker right now. After you get outside the top 10, yeah. it's just interchangeable. It's a bunch of dudes, and they have two of the top five guys in the league, according to NFL people. Hard to disagree with that, given where Devin White seemed to be headed at the end of the season.
2: No, I agree. And you know Jason Light actually caught a lot of flack, John, and, and I don't know if you were one of those that, that thought you, you don't draft an inside linebacker in the top five or maybe even in the top 10. Um, you know, but I think he was just such a special playmaker, and, and it was a big, big need for the Buccaneers at the time, too. Let's not forget Juan Alexander yep. had just walked to go to San Francisco. Uh, they needed uh, a talented guy, but it wasn't just that he was a talented guy, he was a really good guy now. Um, who was the other linebacker that was kind of Devin Bush? Is that his name? Who I'm thinking of, the yeah. Michigan kid. Uh, yeah. And 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 both of those guys have have, have played very well. But uh, but it is nice to see if you're Jason Light that, that Devin is getting that nod um, over Bush because there was some controversy there. Number one, drafting him where he was, and 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 was he the best? of the linebackers coming on that class where did you have right. those two ranked if you remember
1: i i actually yeah i had both of them ranked very highly but i did have bush a little bit higher than white uh, although i just kind of i think their grade might have been exactly the same and i gave bush a tiebreaker because he was better in coverage in college and asked to do a little bit more i, I don't know where it's at i mean bush was probably a little bit better as a rookie in my opinion obviously i mm-hmm. watched a ton of both of them because i watched every snap for both of them because i right. went back and watched white uh but then last year bush bush got hurt early in the season so yeah there was I mean, he was missed the rest of the year, so there was really no no comparison last year, obviously because Bush didn't really play. So it'll be interesting to see where those careers head from this point on. But you know, White in the playoffs, I think his game against the Saints is one of the best games by a linebacker I have ever seen. I mean, ever. Wow. And that's how good that game was, Mark. Yeah. It was unbelievable to watch him in that game, and that's the kind of he has special ability like that. Consistency's been the only issue, but I mean, he's year two, so it wasn't a big deal. It was just like when we pointed out things he was struggling with, it was more like just to let people know and and articulate things that people may not have noticed in the game. But, I mean, no question in my mind where his was career was headed at this whole time. And now you know, Devin Bush is <laughs> – I don't know if you've seen Twitter. Devin <laughs> Bush is uh, – I don't know what's going on with Devin Bush on Twitter lately. He has been off the rails a little bit the last few Uh-oh. days. So Uh-oh. I'm sure the Bucks are maybe <laughs> – I know there were times <laughs> where it looked like Devin White may be the crazier Twitter personality than Devin <laughs> Bush. But now it seems like the, she was on the other foot. So you have Devin Bush going crazy, Devin White blocking me on Twitter. So I don't know what's going on. But either way yeah, – You know, we, we had, we had a – uh,
2: we had a high up Buccaneer person tell us one time and Scott may have revealed who it was, but I'm not going to in case he didn't tell us that, um, that to be a good pass rusher, you kind of had to have a screw loose, right? I mean, this person did a study, on the great yeah. pass rushers and majority of them, you know, maybe they grew up in a crazy environment, you know, wh- whatever it is, they had something that kind of affected them a little bit and, uh, and, and made them maybe a little bit more violent on the football field. You know, it may be the case with inside linebackers too. Now, Devin White and Levante David are two completely different guys. and didn't have two completely different games as well, but personality wise, but they seem to coexist and play pretty well. But, but yeah, you're right. Bush and, uh, and White, uh, De- Devin's, Devin's nuttier than a fruitcake too, but, but we love it. I think that's what gives yep. him part of that edge and, and makes him so good. I'll never forget the first time we met him after he was drafted, John, what happens? And you'll see this in the future. Uh They have a press conference in the main auditorium when, in, with the first round draft pick the day after the draft. And then they come into our media room and we have a little private one with the writers. And I, I'll never forget Devin White, you know, the confidence that he, that he showed. And Scott and mm-hmm. I both looked at each other with a couple answers, you know, the, Talking about Alvin Kamara, the bigger they are, the harder. No, Cam Newton, the bigger they are, the yep. harder they fall. I mean, we're like, man, this right. guy's never played it down in the league, and he's already talking about how he's going to stop Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, and these he has no fear at all. And mm-hmm. love that attitude with, with Devin White. I think that's what mm-hmm. certainly makes him one of the best players in the league. Now you can have that opposite personality. Again, Levante David is a very confident guy on the football field, but you don't hear him talk about it. You mm-hmm. know, during the week, uh, leading yep. up to dra- games and things like that. So. Anyway, but but I love that uh, I love that little bit of a screw loose that, that, that Devin has. I think it makes mm-hmm. him a, a special football player. Right, for sure.
1: Hey, Locker Room is an app that is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away download on the Apple app store and join the conversation today. Yeah. Great stuff for sure from, from locker room. And, and I know now it's Spotify green room, I think is what they're going by. Spotify bought them. And so uh, Spotify green room app. Yeah. If you get a chance to get that, uh, check it out uh, for sure. And we might be on there tonight. Talk a little bolts, just a little bolts real quickly before uh, from the Peter report of Crown, real quickly. But a ton of time, maybe, because we've got that bolts game happening at pretty close around eight. But a little after seven thirty, we'll pop on there, probably say hi to y'all and and talk a little bolts, maybe, and maybe a little uh, bucks too, uh, if you if you want. Uh, Brian Shaw wants to know why would Devin White block John on Twitter? LOL. <laughs>
2: I don't know. Uh, Devin White because well, you was said in college, he was awful and he needed to be off the field because he sucked <laughs> in coverage.
1: No, I said he just needed to pass for more. I didn't want to take him off the field. Yeah, um, okay. But no, I. Devin White and I's relationship goes back to college, actually. When he was in college, I I had a very high grade on him. Like I said, I posted probably, I don't know, a ton of positive plays about him. And then there were a couple negative plays. And he didn't necessarily love that, DM'd me. And we had some, I mean, it was a healthy back and forth. I thought he didn't block me at that point, but I was like, hey, look at all the positive plays I've showed you, too. You know, it was not just this one negative play that you (laughs) picked out. And, uh, you know, then it was, it reached an amicable point. But at some point, I think the, the coverage article that I wrote around midseason about how you're struggling, uh, may, maybe that was it to turn him off. I don't know. He didn't reach out to me, so I don't know. Or, but, or that maybe, just happens. on Or
2: maybe sometimes. it motivated him to get that interception uh, right. against the Saints in the playoffs. And listen, John. You're not an NFL beat rider till you've been blocked by at least a player, at least one. Oh, so yeah. we've we've all been blocked. The pewter report's been blocked by Gerald McCoy and unblocked more than than we can count on one hand. <laughs> Donald Penn tried to physically fight me one time. I mean, it's part of it's part of our job. And that's how you know you're doing a good job because as much as we want this football team to win because it certainly helps our business, we do have to try and stay and be as objective as possible mm-hmm. in this and and the and criticism comes with that I mean Scott Reynolds wrote that when dirk I'm sorry when uh, lovey Smith needed to be fired when Greg Sciano needed to be fired I mean he's not afraid to call these guys out and they go sit in the press conference the next day and, and that's what I always tell anybody that knew that joins our staff and and J c'll understand this and paul and and the other guys is is that you know if you if you believe it, stand behind it, write it. Back it up, you know, yeah. don't just throw stuff up against the wall. If you back it up and you believe it, but then you got to stand behind it. You got to show back up in front of these players. When Donald Penn tried to, you know, fight me and curse me out on Twitter, uh, I was there the very next day. And Scott even said, you know, you might want to sit out his little press conference. But I was there and he gave me the death stare and uh, he didn't he didn't fight me. Although I was thinking to myself, this is going to be a ticket to riches. If I could get Donald Penn to punch me, but he didn't. (laughs) But of course I might not have survived because Donald Penn is a very, very large man, but we've kissed and made up since then we're, we're we're Mitch wants me to have Devin white on the
1: show, clear things up. He's almost come on the show a few times. I mean, we've talked to, I've talked to him before on the zoom pressers. I don't think he puts two and two together necessarily. He probably just saw something and, and block. You know, it's probably it, there's no more to it than that. We'll be fine in the locker room. It'll be great. Um, You know, I'm I'm looking forward to being able to get in the locker room and talk to some of these players. And this training camp is now what 17 days away, Mark. I mean, we've got we've got an awesome opportunity to be able to be in front of a team that is just loaded with talent. We are very excited about that, um, and we're going to continue to talk about that on this show too. We've got coming up next week. One of the things we'll discuss is. Well, a couple of things we'll discuss actually related to how good the Bucks are. Uh, a, let, well, let's talk about tomorrow first. So tomorrow okay. on the show, Mark, we are doing a throwback Thursday. So we're not looking forward to head to this next season just yet, but we'll get to that in a second. Tomorrow we're doing a throwback Thursday, and we're doing the most disappointing Bucks of all time. And it's going to be me and you. And by the way, I don't even think I told you this before the show. Our newest Bucks beat reporter, Josh Allen, is going to be joining us on the show as well. JC Allen is going to be coming on. He's going to have his top five list of the most disappointing Bucks of all time. And I am excited for you to rip him. For not me, oh you grew up in New England you don't know you're a young buck you don't know and you know he's gonna have some guys on there he wasn't the most disappointing Jameis Winston wasn't that bad yeah. get out of here. I'm excited to hear you hammer somebody else you gonna so. you
2: know, let me be the bad cop you're a good cop bad cop I see how this relationship's gonna work with that's guys. Right. I'm <laughs> just kidding No, listen again I I I'll agree with everything if you back it up I mean there were times this year when I didn't necessarily agree with some of your stances on some of the players. But you always seem to back it up, back it up with facts, and you know you changed my mind on a few things. So I'm just because I'm old and grumpy and crabby doesn't mean I'm not. I can't be swayed a little bit. Uh, no, but you I don't gotta, want you to be you, swayed. I want you, you to bring him. up facts, though. Uh, but if he pulls a stunt like, you know, saying he's, James Winston is one of the top five most disappointing didn't look. You know, he's I'm already here. nervous. Ha oh, oh, man, he's got
1: the nervous laugh going on here. Oh no, he's he knows Mark's coming for him. I can't wait. Uh, I love greatness.
2: I love Josh's uh avatar picture there. It's it's very black and white and very artsy. Uh, I like I know. that.
1: I know. And he and he's going by JC Allen now. This is his uh his uh, stage name. What do they call it? This his, he's jc allen so he yeah he doesn't yeah. want to be
2: confused with the bills yeah because because he gets confused with him all the time right, yeah, right. Yeah, they look yeah. the same same yeah, level of athletic same ability, ability I can same throw money. the ball the same distance right yeah, right it's, right. <laughs> I was yeah. saying, it's
1: understandable yeah. uh griffin greatness says thanks for having ryan on the podcast content has been scarce for my griffin fan page <laughs> i love this so i appreciate griffin greatness carrying on the the legacy of of Ryan Griffin, because uh, he's about you know, to be the
2: longest tenure Bucks quarterback. You know, John, and, and, and people may not, when they first saw, oh, Ryan Griffin's going to be on, Um, you know, not, not that excited. We'd rather have Tom Brady. Let's be honest. As great as Tom Brady is, Ryan Griffiths gave us 10 times more information than oh, Tom yeah. Brady would have ever given us. Yes, Tom Brady would have broke national news if we'd had him on the podcast, but you wouldn't have got any news. You know what I mean? Right. It would have been the, yeah. the the canned responses. And I thought Ryan was a very insightful on a lot of things, he apologized. He texted me. He said, "Man, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was cameras off." And I told him, "I said, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of glad you didn't have the camera on because I would have been distracted by that amazing jawline that he has. Because he's <laughs> just a handsome devil, you know. I'm, he's he's good. Gonna... Hopefully, he still wants to
1: come on the podcast with you. With how much you've
2: been, <laughs> he knows. Him. He knows that you know. He and I are the two best looking guys in that building. He understands That's right. that.
1: <laughs> he gets it. Yeah. One A, one B."
2: Hey speaking of good looking stuff it's uh, good
1: looking to be able to win some money over at my bookie uh, yes. if you're if you're so inclined this week one action packed event two title fights and hundreds of ways to win UFC 263 is going down this weekend and if you're scrambling to place your bets Problem solved. MyBookie.ag has you covered. Better yet, use our promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to grab yourself a deposit bonus of up to $1,000, $1,000, and take advantage of fights like the highly anticipated rematch between Israel and Asanya. Wait, he he already went, didn't he? Didn't that already happen? Oh, my goodness. I've got the wrong script here. It's Dustin Poirier yeah, yeah, and, Conor and Conor McGregor that are fighting this weekend. Yes, i do not even a huge UFC person, but I was like, wait a minute. I know that happened already. I saw people talk about it. But anyway, you can go over there. You can bet on that. You can bet on uh, the new UFC <laughs> match coming up this weekend and the NBA playoffs, uh, the NBA finals, and my sons are up 1-0. Let's go, baby. Bet on all that over at mybookie.ag and use that promo code pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie which okay, is always so better weekend, than my
2: cookie don't don't bet is. with my cookie.ag that's not a good website i'm not a very good bookie yeah I agree. my bookie.ag you, you
1: probably won't get any money that way
2: if you do that but with no, my no, bookie, you definitely won't you, you probably will you'll get paid uh,
1: yeah, you might actually end up with less money if you
2: <laughs> actually my cookie might steal, actually take your, steal your personality, your <laughs> identity, everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but tomorrow, next week on the podcast, we've got a Monday. Stephen Chey, yes, the one, yeah, the Stevie. only Stephen Chey. He's got a top one hundred players. He's been releasing, and oh my gosh, let me just tell you, this guy, he, I love Stephen. We are good buds, but he infuriated me today because I found out some players who will not be in his top 100. I think he's got 30 players left to reveal. And, oh, box fans, you are going to be disgruntled with our friend Stephen Che, he is coming to the podcast Monday. That is going to be a nighttime edition podcast, eight thirty p.m. Eastern. We are going to be on the show together, uh, Stephen and I, breaking it down and talking about his top one hundred and where he has oh gone astray. So I need all of you to bring your critical caps, tell your friends and family, spread the word. Stephen Che goes down on Monday night, eight thirty wow. p.m. It's going to be epic, yeah. And then Tuesday on the podcast, you and Scott, if his voice is still intact as he comes back from from Vegas. He's not um, going to be talking. He
2: is just, he probably I mean, will be. I mean, it's, this is like the worst possible weather environment that a guy trying to recover from voice issues can actually right. go to. And then he's coming there's back, back on a
1: red eye flight. The, so. Yeah,
2: there's a thing called Vegas throat. Elvis used to get it. He used to have to get injections because, I mean, your throat tightens up in that heat and things like that. So there's a very good chance that, that Scott will be joining us via sign language on that uh, podcast. So That's we're right, getting one of those I mean, voice boxes where he types in and it. Sounds very computerized. I mean, just that, he's gonna. I just that. Yeah, it could
1: be rough. But anyway, you want going be to have a
2: backup just in case because I know you're going to be out. You're taking a personal day, so That's I right. will have a backup just in case because I think it's uh, it's 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 doubt. If we had an injury report for Scott Reynolds for next Tuesday, he would be listed as doubtful right now. Wow. But like Giannis,
1: maybe he comes back and gets upgraded to questionable and plays in the game. We'll see. Anyway, uh, any, uh, on Tuesday, you guys are going to talk about his top 15 bucks and yours, probably too, uh, yeah. of all time. Uh, his list has been going out. We've been releasing three players every week over at so check that out. But top 15 greatest bucks of all time, that list uh, he's going to be discussing and breaking down the final few installments as they go out uh, the rest of this week and, and this weekend. Uh, and then... On what is that? I said Tuesday. On Wednesday, yeah, we're on Wednesday. Tristan Werfs is coming Wirfs on the podcast. Yep. I'm very talk about guys that will give you something and talk and are insightful. I am so excited! Great work by you, Mark, and Tristan Werfs on the podcast. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to talk to him on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tristan seems like a really good guy. I've enjoyed you know our time that we've had. Again, it's all been via Zoom and things like that. But uh, I think Tristan will give us some great insight. I mean, I'm really I, I I'm just dying to ask him. Um, you know, what it was that made him so good. I mean, was it the, is it the preparation? Is it just his overall athletic ability? I mean, and did he even expect to have the year that he had? Because I'll be honest with you, John, I don't get overly excited when teams draft <laughs> offensive linemen in the top, yeah. you know, 15. Uh, you, you hope they're good, but I've seen the Charles McRae's And the Paul Gruber's one was great. And one was a total bust here. I've Mm. seen the Kenyatta walkers and Mm. and I've seen the Davin Joseph. So, you know, there's, there's the yin and the yang. Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for the Buccaneers, uh, they made the right decision. The last of the group, right? I mean, there was four or five guys that were, these are top five team, 15 picks. I mean, these are 10 year starters, plug and play kind of guys. And Tristan was the last one to come off the board out of that group. And and I think if there was a redraft, he'd be absolutely the number one guy to come off the board there because he yep. played so well.
1: Well, I mean, he would be certainly up there, no question. I mean, he was that good as a rookie. in the, the who was who, who was right second? Right. Who was
2: second out of that group, in your opinion? If you, I don't know how much you saw of the other uh, guys, but the other tackles in that class. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I had Wills first and Worf second, and I had uh, uh, Becton third and I had uh, Andrew Thomas was a distant four. Those first three had first-round grades for me. Thomas did not, and I know he was the first one off the board. I thought it was just a horrible – I think Thomas will be end up being a good player, but he was clearly the worst of the four last year, and he was the first one off the board. I thought it was terrible by the Giants, so I look smart on that one. Wills was great for Cleveland. I, I think Werfs. Is even more. I think Werfs is going to be the best of the group, though. So I'll be a little bit off there, but I think I had Wills and Werfs one right after the other. So it was tough. I mean, both those guys look really good, and Becton looked good too as a rookie. So I mean, Giants (laughs) just got to be absolutely kicking themselves. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, (laughs) you don't want to bury Thomas too early, but yeah, definitely uh, looks. Look pretty special at this point. And then Thursday, I don't know what's going on in the podcast on Thursday next week. I we'll don't just know. make something just, up. Just show up and find out. We'll make something yep. up on Thursday. You'll see what happens. But yep. anyway, we've already gone so long with this podcast. It's been wonderful. We've gotten great insight. We appreciate all you all the fans. We sorry we couldn't get to all your questions. It's tough when we have a guest and, and they're on the limited time crunch. But I tried to slip in a few of the questions that I saw in the chat that were that were really good ones. And so uh we'll continue to do that and we'll continue to you know prep your questions for worse too, because we're gonna hopefully have them for a little bit longer. Even and be able to ask him some fun questions too so looking forward to it tomorrow on the podcast 4 p.m don't miss us we're going to be talking about the most disappointing bucks get ready for a rip session it's going to be ugly
2: wait, wait 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 i've got one question john i was yes. going to text you this afterwards but let's just, just put it on record right now is this most is there any uh, most disappointing uh, to this well it's are, are free agents is it drafted guys is it no can it could be, be, be anybody anybody league? that's been a
1: buck but it's okay. just obviously compared to expectations like okay You know, so, so, you know, first round picks, big free agent pickups, those kind of players, usually what we're looking at here, like most disappointing in that regard. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So, some context there for it. It's going to be fun tomorrow on the podcast, 4 p.m. Eastern. Until then, thank you all so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Go, Bolts.
2: Out. Bolts. Out.